Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. <laughs> That's right. That's good enough. <laughs> oh boy. Let's dive in. Introducing today's guest, Kristen Sherry. Kristen is the creator of the UMAP Career Profile, which is what put her on the map, and she won Career Directors International Award for. She's an international best-selling author, two times over, and she's getting ready to release You've Got Gifts and Maximize 365, which is what she is about to be known for. Kristen is a mompreneur of four, a friend, and an inspiration. Kristen, let's do this. You just have been such an inspiration to me. I feel like you took a risk on me. One of my superpowers is that I see the potential in people. When I know someone can do something and I believe in them, I don't even care if they have the track record, the experience, the history. I am able to discern the talents people have, and I just knew, I knew that you would come through for me. You also knew my top strength even before I knew what it was. And you were right. I pay attention to the words people say because people speak their strengths. I watch the influence they have. I'm a people discerner. I said yes to join your Facebook group and I actually participate in it. I never participate in people's Facebook groups. And your Facebook group is fun. I actually really like it. Working alongside you has been amazing. I even turned a no into a yes. Vanessa Van Edwards? Her newsletter is really great. I like it a lot. I like Blake Bins too. I read his newsletter. Okay, now I'm going to have to check him out. You should. I'll introduce you. You just have this magic sauce, but it's authentic. It's not like you're crafting this manipulative way of reaching people. There's something just very grassroots and authentic about you. I think everyone should follow Vanessa Edwards because, first of all, she's brilliant and her science of people is fascinating, her understanding of human behavior and body language and all of that. But the reason I say people should follow her is because she is a very kind and down-to-earth person. And when she did say yes to you, she said, you know, we've got to help each other out. She knows that I'm an up-and-coming public figure, and she's already risen above where I am right now. And she reached a hand down, and she's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring you up with me. And people who do that deserve to be rewarded because there are a lot of people who forget that their fans, their readers, their followers, those are the people who got you to where you are. And I am the type of person who will never forget where I ever was and always will reach a hand to people and bring them up too. I think we need to look more carefully, not be so caught up in our busy that we don't notice people like, hey, I have an opportunity to really make a difference for you. And I actually just wrote a post about that today. I had an eight-year-old boy reach out to me who read my book, You've Got Gifts. And he loved the book so much. He said to his mother, do you think she would write a book with me? And she wrote me and asked me, would you write a book with my son? And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll help your son write his book. I'll consult with him. We'll meet regularly, but he's going to put his name on that book. My name doesn't need to be on that book. And so we've been meeting on Zoom once a month. And this kid is going to be on the Ellen DeGeneres show someday. I just know it because he's got, his book is really good. 
the concept is really good. He has something here. How many eight-year-old authors do you know? None. And I think that that is so telling of who you are. You also said what's really important to you is the life that you live and who you live it with, which ties into your book revolving around living holistically. Tell me more. What I've discovered just by talking to so many people over my career, you know, when you coach people, they tell you a lot more beyond what you're coaching them for. Our lives are intersectional. You, if things aren't going well in your career, it affects your home life. If things aren't going well in your home life, it affects your career, it affects your relationships, all of that. And the first thing I've noticed is a lot of people don't believe they deserve the best life. I know that sounds like, wow, like that's quite a statement to make that people don't think they deserve it. But there's um, really a lot of low confidence, low self-esteem, imposter syndrome. So people don't think that they deserve to have a really incredible life. And because they don't think they deserve it, they don't pursue it. And then also what I've noticed is a lot of people believe other people are going to open the doors, help their career. We are the architects of our own lives and our lives are largely a product of the decisions we make. And when I say that to people, it gets some people's backs up because we don't want to be accountable to the fact that we have a life that we're not happy in. So it's gotta be external to us. It can't be our decisions, but it largely really is. Even if you get cancer or you lose a loved one or anything like that, we still have choices in how we respond and move forward. So I went to church with this woman who lost her 11-month-old. That's the most horrific thing for any mother. Like there's nothing worse that could happen to you, right? But she, and they, and she, they were twins. So she, she lost one of her twins. And it was just sort of like a sudden infant death. It wasn't really explainable. But she's created this foundation that has this annual fundraiser and this, I think it's a, I don't know if it's a race or a golf tournament, but she raises money to help other parents who've lost their children in the same way. My point really is we can't control or we don't make decisions that create the tragedy or the trauma in our life, but we always have a choice on how we move forward from there. Some people are dealt much worse cards than others. If you have like addiction in your family and you've inherited those sort of addictive personality tendencies, that's true. Like we do, we do have different hands that we're dealt. If you trace back things that we're unhappy about, there's always some place where we didn't make a decision and not making a decision is a decision. Your mom is a coach and you grew up with her helping you identify your strengths and coach you through life. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I remember my mother putting me through a battery of assessments when I was starting when I was about 19 into my early 20s and really up until maybe 32, she stopped because then I started doing this stuff myself. So, But she put me through those assessments and she explained the dark side of the things innate about me, the dark sides of my strengths, the dark sides of my personality. And then she explained some of the positives of my personality and my strengths. And she would help me see the types of things that I was really good at. So I knew from a young age that I had natural leadership tendencies, that I always was going to gravitate to being a leader in any room that I was in because I'm just wired that way. She really helped me with the emotional intelligence piece because when you are wired to be a strategic thinker and a natural leader, that doesn't go well for you when you're 24, 25 entering the workplace 
and you're trying to be all up in charge. And <laughs> so she really helped me with coaching around not always having to be right, picking my battles, being kind to everyone. That's a lesson that I learned from my mother. I learned a different set of lessons from my father based on how he's wired about accountability and being a responsible person and things like that. But my parents were really instrumental in helping me navigate the gifts I had. And now in your new book, you're helping children find their gifts. Tell me more. I sent the book out to beta readers because I wanted to see, is this going to work with five to eight-year-olds? Because I wrote it for K to third grade. And the videos I started to get back from the parents, these kids were really understanding this information and seeing themselves differently. And the second book, You've Got Values, the same boy read it. And later he was having a conversation with his mother and she was saying, you know, Lucas, you're not doing what I've asked of you. And he said, well, mom, that's because I value my independence. This has been really instructive with my own child. So I have two little girls and my six-year-old, I read You've Got Gifts to Her. And there are questions in the back of the book for parents and for teachers with exercises to have conversations I promise you've never had with your kids. And I'm doing this with my own child. I know my craft. I know the things I do. But I'm having this conversation with my daughter. And she tells me a story about her competitiveness that I never knew. I had never heard the story. I didn't even know my daughter was competitive. But because she was telling me how she felt inside when she lost a race at school. So she, her struggles with accepting loss or not, or not achieving or not reaching a goal, you would never know. So it's especially important, I think, when you have children that don't communicate their feelings to go through this process with them. So you did share with me that you're a bit of a workaholic. Do your kids ask you to stop? Oh, Rena, it's terrible. Yes, they do. I'm with my kids all the time because I work from home and that can be the curse of the work from home entrepreneur because you can easily mistake being there for being present. I'm just going to be very honest with your listeners because this is a battle for me and I'm sure some people are going to relate. I am that mother that my kids will say, mom, did you hear what I said? Mom, are you paying attention? Asking me to get out of my head and pay attention is like asking me to take one breath per minute for the rest of my life and having to intentionally monitor that. Your breathing is part of your autonomic nervous system. You just breathe and your strengths set your priorities every day. It's just something you do naturally without thinking about it. So I naturally go into my own head. So I have to really work consciously to go outside of myself. How do your kids process your parenting style? And at what age do strengths and talents start presenting? So you, so a child's personality is fixed by age six. You can really d discern from an assessment point of view their strengths by about age eight or 10, eight or 10. Their talents they're born with. So if you have a way to get in there and discern them, as soon as they're able to articulate, but yeah, my kids, I've had conversations with them to explain sort of how I'm wired and why I am the way I am and why they are the way they are because I've put them through assessments. So we have this understanding. Do you put them in activities according to their strengths? Absolutely. I'm very careful to watch my kids and see where their natural talents lie. 
to determine what I think that they're going to be interested in. And I usually wait for them to ask more than once because sometimes they ask to do gymnastics because their best friend does gymnastics, but that might not be something they really want to do. My son was eight years old and I put him in drum lessons because I noticed that he would always beatbox with his mouth. So I thought, I'm going to put him in drum lessons. And you know, he's 19 years old. He took drum lessons just for one year, but he actually started playing the drums on his own again without lessons. And now he plays drums at church. After I found out the strengths of my kids, I discovered they both had ideation in common. They like to generate ideas and they bickered and fought a lot when they were kids. So what I would do is I would look out the window and I'd say, look at that guy walking down the street. Why don't you guys try and think of a creative story of what you think happened to him? And they would both start generating ideas. And any time they weren't getting along, I would plant the seed for them to start ideating together and it would end the fights. The distraction would end the fights because they were naturally oriented to want to do that. That's fantastic. I mean, have you ever done that with your husband where you make up stories together on a date about the people sitting next to you? My husband actually, it's interesting because my husband makes up stories with my daughters. And interestingly enough, I think you might be the only person I've told this to in a podcast. My daughters are Catherine and Evelyn. They would say, Papa, would you tell us a story? And he would say, one day, two sisters named Katerina and Evelina and at first they were really little when he was doing it. They were like two and five. So it took them a minute to click in that they were Katerina and Evelina. And so when I wrote, you've got gifts, you've got values, you've got skills, and I haven't written, you've got personality yet, but that's coming. I named the characters Katerina and Evelyn. I couldn't do Evelina because it's like, whoa, that's a little close for them not being related or knowing each other. But that's why they're called Katerina and Evelyn from my husband's stories. But as far as... Um, customizing. I customize the way I interact with my husband because I know his UMAP. He's got this strength called deliberative. He likes to really think things through and have backup plans. He's like a Boy Scout. He's always prepared and he likes to think about things. He's analytical. So when I want to talk about something, I know I can't say, hey, let's sit down and make a decision about this because he needs to think about it. So on Tuesday, I'll say, you know, I'd like him to make a decision about what we're doing for Thanksgiving. So I'd like to talk about it on Sunday. And then when Sunday comes, he's ready to go with a decision. And so many couples have these arguments because they, they some shoot from the hip, some need to plan, some people are, are risk takers, some are risk averse, um, some people are savers and some are spenders. So they have all these headbutting sessions because they have different approaches. But if you learn your spouse's approach and you give them what they need, you get more yeses that way. I almost never hear no from my husband because I know, I'm not manipulating him, but I, <laughs> I, I, I know what he needs. Parenting in general has just been so much easier really understanding the needs and motivations of my kids because it's very interesting how we make assumptions about when someone does, says, or behaves a certain way about what that means, because that, this is what it would mean if I did this. That is so helpful for children to know their strengths. And I'm thinking to myself, I need to know the strengths of my parents. I need to know the strengths of my future clients. I need to know the strengths of my children. I mean, this is really useful information for anybody that you have a relationship with. It's transformational. Like my husband and I are opposite in every way. He's 
But my husband and I get along really well because I understand him and he understands me. We've had a lot of conversations. I just finished writing UMAP second edition. It's going to be coming out later this summer. And one of the things I wrote about was, so I just coached this NFL football player and he has futuristic as a driving strength and he loves to envision what's going to happen with their family. He loves to dream about their family and the direction of their lives. And he told me on a call that he was sort of resentful that he felt it was all on him to, to plan and envision the future for his family. Cause his wife would just say, whatever you want, babe, I'll support it. And he interpreted that as disinterest. She was not interested in envisioning the future with him. But when she did her UMAP and he saw she had adaptability in her top five strengths, people with adaptability live in the moment. So you have a person who lives in the future married to someone who lives in the moment. And the light bulb went off and he called me on the phone and he said, all of the resentment I had about this has gone away because he assumed she was disinterested in, in envisioning. And, and that was threatening. Well, you're not going to stick around? Like, are you not going to planning to be married to me in 10 years. So what's the point of doing this? Like that's where our brain can go. But she doesn't know how to co-create the future with him because she's wired to be supportive. You must have seen so many realizations like that though. Oh my gosh, I cannot even tell you. And you know, it's interesting because people will go through the UMAP and then they'll have their husband or wife go through it. And you know what they always say to me? You need to write a book about this because this has transformed our marriage because the assumptions go away. What a gift not to have assumptions in your house. Yeah. Henry Winkler said that assumptions are the termites of relationships. They really are. I mean, I think the world could use a lot less assumptions right now. Oh my gosh, yeah. Giving people the benefit of the doubt always results in a learning experience, a humbling learning experience. You think something is so obvious why someone's doing something or saying something, and nine times out of 10, we are off the mark. You told me that you made an assumption about Allison Buckland bringing you the air bond. I did. <laughs> I made an assumption about oh, this is just another multi-level marketing thing, but do you know why she was successful in getting through to me? Because Allison has empathy in her top five strengths. So when I actually let her in, I went and met with her, I could discern that she actually cared about me. That's why they call empathy the six-figure soft skill. Because when people have empathy, you know they have your best interests at heart. So it's, it's interesting because you picture salespeople as these influencers that can sell ice cubes to Eskimos, right? They can turn the, they don't take no for an answer and they keep going for the yes and going for the yes. Those people are going to get a hard no from me. That never works with me. <laughs> Allison is sneaky. She gets into your heart with her empathy. And before you know it, you're pulling out your credit card. <laughs> She's not sneaky. I'm teasing. And what has that turned into? Well, that has turned into about 18 more people <laughs> doing Arbon because I'm shouting it from the rooftops because not only has it changed my life, I had a bunch of health problems, Rena. I did not do Arbonne because I was like interested in getting into my skinny jeans. I really didn't care what I looked like. I've never been super vain about 
appearances. I don't wear makeup most days. I am perfectly happy running around in yoga pants and a tank top all the time. Ever since I lost that 40 pounds and I don't exercise, which I should, all of the health problems I had are 100% gone. But you know what I was telling myself? Oh, that's just part of getting older because I'm going to be 50 next year. I'm 48 right now. My birthday's in October. I'm going to be 50 next year. I, I bought that lie. Well, you know, I'm pushing 50. It's just part of getting older that I'm going to start having these aches and pains. And no, that was not like food is either the best medicine or the slowest form of poison is what I've learned. Kristen, thank you. I love everything about you. <laughs> the feeling is quite mutual. I am so glad that I got to hear about how you've learned the strengths of your entire family mm -hmm. and how that this can apply to relationships and workplace. And I mean, I see so many books in your future and I hope to be able to be a part of them. Oh, you are. That's a given. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was a pleasure. How can people find you, connect with you, buy all your books? So I'm, you know, I'm on Amazon. I, you can buy my books on any website that sells books because we distribute through Ingram. So they're, they're available internationally, but Amazon is a good place to buy them. Any of the marketplaces, it doesn't matter what country you live in, if you have access to Amazon, but they can reach me at myumap.com or LinkedIn. Awesome. That's where I'm going to connect with you most. <laughs> All right, Kristen, have an awesome night. Thank you so much. Thanks. You too. Take care. Grandpa, what did you think? What a beautiful interview. Congratulations to both of you. I think that you have to start right from the beginning. She also has a knack or a talent of being able to relate to people and knowing whether people are real or not. She is attracted to positive people. And when we're all attracted to positive people and we look at people not where they're just measured in dollars and cents, or in what degree they have, or which university they attended, and where people look down at people, people get turned off by that type of behavior. But when you show that you can relate to people and understand people and understand where they're coming from as well, that's how you really can build friendships and how you can improve your relationships. She just told you that she's the opposite of her husband but they understand each other. They know where they're coming from. And relationships always have to be worked at. And even though sometimes even your mom and I are opposites, but we understand our positives and our weaknesses. And we know how to make the other one feel better, even though it's not always what we want to do. And that's the definition of compromise. Her reaching out to you is because you also have that down-to-earth, realistic approach to everything that you do. And hopefully, some of that fell not too far from the tree. Because uh, I would like to think that I'm the same way, where I always want to give people chances. I always want to work with people. And uh, unfortunately, sometimes you can work and work and work with people, but you have to get results. And if you can't move the dial, you have to also know to move on, but that no one can be in this world by themselves. We do have to be able to relate to people and hopefully we do it in a positive way. The other thing that I liked what she said 
is that there's a lot of people that don't know a path, so they don't have the confidence sometimes to take that first step or that second step and move forward. And they rely on a lot of other people to either push them in the right direction or to do the first two or three steps for them. But when you do that, and you do the first, second, or third, or fourth step for someone, guess what? They're never going to learn how to do it on their own. You have to be able to give them the right guidelines, and you might want to hold their hand and, and pull them on the first step. But if they can't walk on their own, they never will. Today's episode is brought to you by Barber Bond. It all started when I asked my dad to manscape below the belt. Then he went to Florida to take care of my grandma. And I'm like, dad, you've got to meet Joel the barber. My dad got a hot shave and some barber bond and you should try it too. Best shave he's had. My name is Kristen and I've been a barber bond customer since February, 2020. I love shaving my legs with barber bonds, full body unisex shave serum. Ever since I've started shaving my legs with this serum, I never cut myself anymore. And one of the things I really love about it is that it's not tested on animals and it uses minimal ingredients because it's really important to me to put healthy things on my skin. I highly recommend Barber Bond's Unisex Full Body Shave Serum. Information is power. You can find out more information on you mapping and Kristen's various books at bettercalldaddy.com. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and tune in. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show.